Okay, welcome to Dojo U Live, everyone. Big things are happening. Uh, big things are happening. I am doing some typical uh, housekeeping things before we get started, but uh, how's it going out there, Carl? It's going well. It's a bright and somewhat sunny day uh, here at the, the Dojo headquarters, my side of the world. <laughs> Well, as I do my uh, housekeeping stuff, you can see a view of Troy, New York here today. They moved the camera, so uh, it's very rainy, but you can actually see a lot more of Troy today, which is kind of kind of nice. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty neat. So, uh, kind of nice. Let's see. Oh, there you go. The typical audio feeding into the live feed. Very nice. Things are happening. Good. Kind of nice. Let's see. Oh, now it's happening again. <laughs> I am I am having a hard time uh, doing whatever it is I usually do. Ah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to help you there, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, John has suggested that you have foolishly ignored the four questions of coffee making this morning. No, not true. <laughs> no, I uh, all of my all of my maintenance and like preparation stuff was normal. I, I just like compacted it too much, so the amount of the extraction was low. You know what I mean? Preparation yeah, stuff was normal. I, I just like pressure. compacted it to. There we go. Okay, I am done with my housekeeping stuff. Welcome out there, everybody in the world. There, we have no Facebook comments yet. So, folks, if you're out there, comment in. Let us know you're there. Housekeeping things complete. So, uh, let's get on with the show, shall we? All righty. Uh, what is Dojo You Live? You ask. I do. Every day. I know. It's, it's one of those questions. You, there's never going to be a, a complete answer to it. Uh, I guess no one's watching today. No one's commenting in. There's never going to be. This is one of those like lifelong like pursuit questions that you're never really going to know the answer to. But for now, I'll give you what I've come up with. Dojo U Live is a place for Dojo U members to actually... What would you say, Carl? To actually put their newfound skills to the test. Yeah. I think that's it. And like, you know, put uh, pressure on. yeah, put the pressure on, simulate performance a little bit and, um, and sort of get good at performing. That's really kind of what this is about. Uh, and also to gauge improvement and, and get feedback and stuff like that. But it's really about practicing the art of performance because I think we can all agree, even if you don't perform on the bagpipes, but I think we can all agree there's a difference between preparation or practice and performance. Uh, performance opens up a whole new can of worms. Suddenly what you've been preparing for really counts and you have to be able to manage all of your nerves and expectations and stuff like that uh, and actually produce uh, your personal best. So what we do uh, every week at the dojo is we give people a little bit of uh, mission 
Okay, and the mission is pretty predictable. We pick a tune or a part of a tune. We ask people to learn it, not necessarily memorizing it. That's not really the purpose. We don't want people to memorize a new tune every week, especially beginners and intermediates. Um, but, uh, and then we give them a couple things to particularly focus on, some fundamental concepts to really think about and dig into throughout the week. Uh, we give them some daily doses. Those are like exercises they could do for critique. But most importantly, before today at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, uh, we asked them to submit a recording of this on the full bagpipes. One of the things that we don't always mention, but it's really important is you should only do one take when you turn on your recorder, right? Yeah. Um, why is that important? Well, if you just record yourself and, and you, you keep recording and keep recording and record again and record again and try to get the best possible performance, you really haven't taught yourself anything. Maybe you've even ingrained a sort of bad habit, right? Which is, which is the idea that if you screw it up, you can try again. No, this is about simulating performance. So picture any performance. Uh, you don't get to ask the audience to try again. You don't get to ask the judge to start again, right? So, so we want to let the recorder assume that role for us of the audience. And you get one chance. You press record, you get your one chance, and that's that. And you submit it no matter what. So if you make a mistake, right, you kind of want to keep going. Uh, if something goes catastrophically wrong, you kind of have to figure out how to make it the best performance that you can. So on and so forth. So, so this is really about that. And uh, what we've done is we have a little numerical rubric system that we use to try to judge people's performances as consistently as possible. And, and then why that's cool is you really get to kind of see visually your improvement over time. As a matter of fact, if you kept your own spreadsheet, you could, you could uh, mark down all of your scores that you get each and every week, right? And then you could conceptually graph your improvement uh, over time. Now, there's a couple of variables in there that you kind of maybe need to think about, which is just how difficult is the tune that you're attempting, right? Robin Adair is a lot easier than Brown Haired Maid. This will be your progress if you chart it. <laughs> Uh, that might vary a little bit. That's not really true. That, that'll be the trend, right? But I think the reality is we plateau for a little while. Then, then we have a breakthrough of some kind and maybe that inches up incrementally. It kind of goes, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's reality. Of course, it feels terrible, right? As we're doing it. It's extremely, it can be extremely painful. It's like a, it's like a, a manic mix of pain and joy. That's what the learning process is. Uh, it really makes it pay off when, when you have those breakthroughs. But I digress. Uh, John says, ignore the coffee making four questions at your own peril. Yeah. I didn't. I, I, I feel like it was just a, a, a basic performance issue. It was not a preparation issue. So um, without further ado, let's uh, hear the first performance and we will do a little evaluation of it and we'll go over it together. How many do we have this week, Carl? Do we have a half a million? or? Uh, we're, we've got a, it's a little lighter this week, so we should be able to get through all of them, no trouble. Cool. You, I don't know if people were slacking off or they were uh, busy this week, but there you go. So we've got Roger up first, and I think I'm 
up first in scoring, so you're doing color on this one, okay? Ooh, okay. That's cool. All right, here we go. So I'll start with some preliminary color. Color means blabbing, by the way. That's our, that's our code word for just blabbing. So um, right away, one of the things people really need to understand is right away you want to listen to what Roger's playing. Why? Because the bagpipe sounds really, really nice. It's nicely tuned. All the notes and intervals are locked in nicely to the drones. And he has a pretty darn good control over the instrument. Uh, it's not perfect. I'm sure Carl will have some things to say about that. But, uh, but the quality of the bagpipe is very good. No one would have cared about Jimi Hendrix if his guitar didn't sound amazing. And the same is going to be true when you play uh, the bagpipes, right? The sound that you get out of the instrument is super important. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be good. It doesn't matter how good your fingers are if your bagpipe is unpleasant to the ear. That's obvious. So don't forget to devote lots of time to that as you practice and prepare. The playing was pretty decent, rhythmically not bad. It, it got worse as we got into the final part of the tune. Uh, it, you weren't quite as accurate, which is interesting because as you became less and less accurate with the tempo, the little things like like crossing noises and your embellishment quality and stuff that started to deteriorate a little bit as well um but uh certainly really good and then musically the expression isn't really there yet right expression to use the sort of colloquial term what we call that in dojo land is a lap asap right how we treat the dots and cuts. It was very round treatment here throughout. So, so the next step for you to think about is maximizing the contrast between the long and short notes. Right, so a little bit uh, sharper in the fingering, you might say, uh, bringing out the dotted notes a bit more, cutting the cut notes a bit more crisply. You, but it's possible to go too far, so I don't want you to go too far. Oh, I'm gonna sneeze, but uh, it's possible to go too far. We don't want this. Right, that would be way too much, but we have to find the 
the sweet spot where the musicality is the best uh, and that is what we need to go for. Carl, you're on my friend. Yeah, and um, I think I was a little generous this time, but that's okay. It's a good way to start off, Roger. So feels right. It feels good. That score feels good to me. That score feels good. 67. Yeah. That feels right in the pocket. Yeah, it's good. Um, so uh, toning and tonal quality. I thought these were good, really good, strong points. Tonally, though, hearing a little bit of blowing for me there on, especially um, every time you played those high A's, you're maybe a little too focused on the exact pitch of that high A. And just go for it. Shoot for that tonal richness. And don't worry if it moves a little bit. Just really go for that richness. The result should be over time. You'll be very, very steady. Um, but definitely hearing a little bit of changes there. Uh, and that's accentuated, of course, by the, the reality of the, the third part there. Yes, whether it's underblowing. It could be. Um, I think so. I think so. I don't know, Andrew. Maybe there's a bit of both. Sometimes a little under, sometimes a little over. It just wasn't consistent. And that's, you know, that's why I, I say shoot for that, that real tonal richness. And don't be so worried about whether it's under or over there. Just go for it. The result should be something that's a little bit more steady. And then we can judge whether you're slightly under pressure. But, um, you know, go for that tonal richness. The result will be good, I promise. Tuning, very, very good. Um, okay, dot kind of consistency. I think I was a little generous oh, there. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, definitely generous yeah. there. I, I went back and I changed it a little, but then I forgot to hit this. 2.75. Yeah, that's a bit high there. But, Roger, anyway, um, just watch for that uh, uh, roundness there. And that definitely did continue to get worse throughout the tune. And that also pulled you a little bit ahead. Um, that's why you see the rhythmic accuracies around the three there this week. You're leading that beat a bit, especially in the that last part. Um, sit back, play comfortably, and relax. And if we can get the dot cut going in there, that will be um, that'll be better. They and Roger says I thought reels were a little bit flat or a little round. I think is what you're saying there. And there is that sense to it, but we can't lose um, the dot cut either. We sort of have to find that yeah that ground where we're maybe i say no we're hinting at that roundness by the way like at the stage that you're at roger like like i've heard this said before and i've even kind of said it and it might be true but look the way that you treat a lap asap in a march a strats bay and a reel should be identical until you've mastered it right and then we can talk about maybe taking the edge off a little bit in a reel uh, but it would be better. It would be better for the reel to be a little bit two dot cut in the short run because you're mastering the idea of playing dot cuts really well. Keep it simple, right across all of these swing idioms. And then yeah, like when I play a reel in professional solo competition, and I'm going up against people like you know uh, Bobby Durning and Ursa Beckford and some of these great like players. I, you know, I'm doing stuff stylistically with the reel for sure, which definitely probably includes softening up some of the ALAP ASAPs a little bit to give it a little bit more flow. Uh, I don't like the word flat, but yeah, maybe a little bit flatter, but like that's just splitting hairs. It's the tiniest bit and it's the last thing you should be thinking about as an intermediate. What you should be thinking about is mastering the concept and control over a lap ASAP or, or more commonly known as just 
expressing the dot cuts. Got it? And uh, last point, Roger, before we move on, is just scale navigation. There were quite a few little catches in the third part and a couple of bigger ones in the fourth, um, mostly on the lift drop side of things. So, yes. um, you know, watch out for those uh, in this part. There was lots of little stuff there. So that's why that, that ended up being um, your... Uh, your lowest score for today. But overall, I thought it was a really strong performance. And uh, keep up the good work, Roger. Thank you for that great start to today. Real nice. It was really nice. I think 67 feels like the right final score. But yeah, like maybe a little, definitely less in the dot cut quality and consistency. Yeah. Like I said, I went Probably back. less in the embellishment quality too. I would have gotten less in the embellishment quality because we had some really crushed embellishments in the second part there. Uh, so maybe not. Maybe that score is a little generous. Well, got to start for somewhere today. So Yeah, well, right, I mean... Andrew, you are up on Ephraim next. Aaron Heron made three and four. Submission date today. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Nice. Ephraim, really great performance, man. You're coming along really well. Yeah, it makes such a big difference, uh, and, and we're hearing you really uh, try to stay much closer to that beat, and you're succeeding at it. Um, you're, being, you're playing a lot more confidently, and, it's, and that, that sounds like it's coming through. You're, you're staying on the beat a lot more often. You're also catching your mistake. If you jump off the beat a little bit there, you catch that mistake generally right away. So that's really, really good. Um, though, one thing that stands out in contrast to that is in this fourth part, the A doubling. Uh, it is super, super, super early and consistent throughout that entire performance there. Watch out for that, right? It's it's a G grace note like any other, or at least the doubling starts with a G grace note, right? So we want that right on the beat, or in this case, the offbeat. D, on da da D, on da da dum. Right? Um, we definitely can't play that, um, the little cut low A early and large. That's not going to work. Um, when you're playing, it was more like the and then you got back on the beat. But watch out for that doubling. That's, that's really, really critical there. Um, not to play that ahead of the upbeat there. Um, Let's see. I'm done. Uh, uh, uh. You're done. Wow, that's good. 
<laughs> yep. Ephraim, you'll, you'll have to tell us how you'll have to have to tell us how this at, uh, compares to other scores, but but this is really nice. Scale navigation, good. No major issues. Keep working on you know super clean finger work. Rhythmic accuracy. You're missing the beat a lot, but the silver lining is. I feel like you're a lot closer on average than you have been in the past. So, Absolutely. so you know, we still need to get better, but I feel like you're definitely on the right track. Single grace notes, good. Embellishment quality, some of them were sloppy, but not bad. Dot cut quality, not bad. The idea is right, but if we're not hitting the beats accurately, it's gonna be really difficult to get good expression to happen. So, you know, we just gotta, gonna have to keep working on that you know complete the rhythmic breakthrough i would say just keep focusing on being able to really rock that metronome and that's going to be like the main you know pressure point you can press to get the most results bagpipe pretty good maybe i was a little mean on the bagpipe quality uh but high g was very sharp so every time we played a high g it was a piercing quality in my ear um so we need to sort that out because it, it, it really does kind of ruin the rest of the sound, especially in a, a tune where the high Gs are so important. Tonal quality, pretty good. Maybe those scores need to be a bit higher. Probably so. Uh, but that was good. Solid. Real good. It's supposed to be Roberta next, but it looks like she just stepped away. It's not very... <laughs> All right, hang on. We'll we'll queue up somebody else for. Not Roberta. Are you out there? She's out there. She's typing. She's okay. back. Good. Excellent. So, are we ready, Andrew? I am scoring this one, and we're doing color. So here we go with Roberta. Okay, we'll do that again because that was fast. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, Roberta, you played an E grace note in the sixth bar instead of a G grace note. So major points lost for that. Major, major points. Uh, really, really well tuned. If anything, my biggest gripe is with the scale navigation. Now, some of that could be caused by uh, the chanter read kind of being a bit spongy, for lack of a better word. Like, 
like the chantery might just be kind of wimpy. And so that really tends to expose like super minor issues with like phantom crossing noises uh, and stuff like that. So, so uh, by the way, I'm not talking about any major crossing noises here for people watching and for Roberta. I, I think I'm talking about what we call phantom crossing noises where there's that tiny brief moment in time where we switch from, let's say, for example, C to E. There's like a tiny moment in time where there's an ever so brief false note. The better, the snappier your fingers are, the less that period of time is. The less that period of time is, the better, generally speaking. But that brief moment of time of that false note, it causes like a little kind of like a sloppy, rounded out kind of sound. And I, that, that would be my biggest, like, that would be my biggest underlying feedback. It's like outstanding playing, but the note changes are just a little bit fuzzy because of that. Um, but the playing is superb. The bagpipe is awesome. The rhythm is awesome. The expression was awesome. The doubling seemed great. You did play that E grace note instead of the G. So that's minus 20 points. Uh, but other than that, and the scale navigation, like, I don't know. It's probably not even, like, Carl put her down at 3.5. Like, that's probably a little harsh, even. You know, like, it's pretty minor. But Carl, you're being a real dick today. <laughs> Well, Roberta, I apologize for that. Um, no, I mean, uh, yeah, phantom crossing noises, maybe. I think there were a couple catches in there, personally. Now, maybe maybe you can uh, disagree with that, and that's perfectly fine. I wasn't but really listening. I feel like there was a couple of high-hand catches, especially in that third part. And that's why I chose that score. Maybe I'm wrong. That, that's okay. Okay, fine. Some mistakes, but, fine, I wasn't even, um, I didn't even, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, rhythmic accuracy. I also felt like some of the doublings were a little bit ahead of the beat there. Now, um, they were not significantly ahead, and they were consistently, but I feel like you could stand back just a tiny bit more there and wait for that. Um, you know, uh, that that's going to be a little bit more control in here, and that's a, a, a point where you can move forward in. Uh, other than that. Single grace note quality, maybe one or two on the little small side getting a little crushed. Again, and, and this might also tie into what Andrew mentioned with that reed being maybe a little thin or spongy. The tonal quality, um, I marked it at 375 just because it wasn't 100% solid, right? I had some questions about it. It wasn't bad by any means. But eh, it was just missing that tiny little bit. It wasn't 100% solid through there. So, um, you know, that's why Mark, yeah, 375 there. Uh, tuning, excellent. Really, really good job. And dot cut feel, um, dot cut consistency, great. So, nice job there, Roberta. Uh, sorry if the scale nav is a little low there. <laughs> well, I think the tuning should be higher, probably. Tonal quality should be higher, you know. Five is the max, not four. Like, we're afraid to go over four. We don't want to give people, like... We don't want to make her ego too big, <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> the tuning might have been above a four, right? I mean, the tuning was as good or better than most professional players. 
Okay. Wow. Certainly most grade one players. Pay, pay more attention to the comments, Roberta, than the actual score. Then, yeah. And also the subjective smatherings of, of me blabbing. Uh, all right, Andrew, you are up next with... Who do I got? Who do I got? Who do I got? Who do I got? Tell me who I got. Anders? Okay, let's do it. All right, here we go. whole but there are a few minor things there to work on so first up for me is you pipe you, you struck in the pipes and the drones were pretty good but then when you brought them up to full pressure they were not quite locked in so two problems there one when you tuned them you were probably under pressure and two it's likely that the reeds are not well calibrated or not perfectly calibrated um, if Two of the tenors are taking different amount of air, different amounts of air. When you change in pressure, they will change uh, at different rates, and therefore put you out of tune more. So watch out for that. That's, that's an easy fix, um, easy way to gain some points there as well. And uh, just getting those drones locked in, they were close. It's just that little bit extra um, that makes a big difference. Um, next point for me was um, a few minor catches here and there, but the, the bigger one for me was a few grace note sync errors centered around your C doublings. A doublings were nice and consistent and open, da, and da, 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 da. but going with that short E into the C doubling, we had a little bit of um, synchronization errors, meaning the G and the D grace notes were sort of happening at the same time overlapping and sometimes we get a little extra sound in there um, so watch out for the C doublings separate them a little bit more make sure we have two distinct grace notes and so two distinct sounds here um, for those C doublings also watch out for those in other doublings in other tunes right um, maybe D's or B's might have this a similar issue but you can clearly play the A ones correctly it's just a matter of integrating that into the C's. So nice job there. How you doing, Andrew? Almost done. Than uh, that, blowing I thought was pretty good, though some movements, right? 
Um, that can also tie into the, the tuning, right? Um, if it's not, per, drones are perfectly locked, you might have been searching for that pressure a little bit. So just go for it, blow through uh, any tuning issues and keep that as solid as possible. And uh, you'll get them easier in tune. All right, Andrew, walk us through your score. Um, it was good. I think that the uh, instrument was okay. Like the tuning issues can be worked on and the blowing can be better. Uh, most of the issues, I just really didn't feel like this was a fluid, smooth performance. There was just enough going on with each of the fundamentals that it was just, it just never quite settled into a musical feel. Um, you know, even though the metronome is going, we should be able to, we should be shooting for a nice, smooth musical feel. Uh, we had some scale navigation catches, especially going into C doublings. We we need the we need the rhythmic playing to be a little bit closer still. Um, it's definitely close, but we we need to hit those beats with more confidence and accuracy. Uh, grace notes a little bit big, not too bad. Carl mentioned some grace note sync things here and there. Embellishments need to be better. Dot cuts probably more because of the rhythmic issues, but the dot cuts really weren't smooth and consistent, right? So, so we just need to keep working on it. We need to keep working on it and, and to try to find uh, a flow in there somewhere. So Anders, good job for sure. Uh, yeah, keep it up. Got to keep it up. Just got to hammer away. And, and you know, sometimes we're all going to get tunes that just feel super awkward. I still get tunes like that where you just kind of have to gut it out and get to the other side. Um, maybe this is one of those. Uh, but, but yeah, keep working on the smoothness and the accuracy. Beth is up next. Beth is indeed. All right, well, without further ado, let's dive right into it. Here we go, Beth. Interesting how that, that cutoff was like so smooth, you know? Uh, okay, good job, Beth. So Chanter was way sharp to the drones. Um, so right out of the gate, right? The, um, the quality of the sound is a little bit piercing. That's part of how I know it was sharp to the drones is because it has that kind of tinny, um, piercing kind of quality, the drones needed to come down, or you know what I mean? Or they needed to be brought up in pitch, or we call it coming down because you would pull the drones in a downward direction. Uh, it's that time of year, a couple people mentioning like bagpipes not sounding great. As it gets colder and drier and crappier weather, it's gonna be harder and harder to get that nice effortless sweet tone out of the pipes. Uh, I just ordered my, uh, Yori Chisholm 
Chanter cap, tone protector. Uh, I'm going to try that a little bit this winter and see. Uh, a lot of people that I respect really like them. So I'm going to try mine. Uh, Andrew has one. Because your tone's been better lately, Andrew. Do you think they've been helping? Um, I sure would love that, right? Like like the sharp high G out of the box and that, that dry sort of like achy feeling that you get when... when uh, yeah, not a full solution, but it helps. That's cool. I mean, Andrew, you're in like extreme uh, environment too, like the high altitude, super dry. So anyway, I digress. So right away, Beth, the the, the pipe sound was kind of sharp, um, but I felt the playing was pretty solid, um, coming along pretty well. Uh, rhythmic accuracy coming along, grace note quality, probably still a little bit on the big side, um, but... Here we go. I feel like, uh, Andre, you, you, you would have like, uh, you should be evaluated by like Bear grills when, uh, <laughs> when you do yours because you're was, extreme piping. I forget who it was. There was somebody that posted on, on our Facebook group here um, this week playing on Alaska Route 1 in like minus 15 Fahrenheit. And it's like October. <laughs> somebody posted that on our wall this week. It's kind of cool. Uh, but that that's extreme like bear grills piping how does it sound though it didn't sound like minus 15 okay i respect I that impressed. yeah um it's like the guy who played the bagpipes on the spaceship yeah you know didn't sound like it was in space <laughs> a lot of people like uh, i've 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 met uh, not a lot of people but i've met several people that like want to play their pipes on like all of the tallest mountains in Nebraska or something. That's a joke because I don't think there are a ton of mountains in Nebraska, but I don't know. Maybe there are. Um, it seems like one of those misnomers. But uh, that's cool. But guys, playing, playing your pipes not sounding good on all the tall peaks, like why don't you, why don't you sound good when you do that kind of stuff? Then it becomes a lot more interesting to me. Like, like the, the bagpipe is not like a prop, right? It's, it's, not, it's not something that you wear to pick up chicks, right? So that was just a, a, a turn of phrase. It's not something that you wear to try to attract the opposite sex, right? It's, it's a musical instrument. So make sure when you do these crazy things that there's at least an element of trying to sound good built in to the plan. You know what this means, Andrew? Yes. This means you're going to have to climb a mountain and and prove us that it can be done. Prove to us that it can be done. That sounds like a great vlog episode. Yeah. Really? Like climb? I don't. I don't know what what's around you. Something Adirondacks. Or, yeah. Fuck I've met there. people that I have done the. Mountain. I've met people that have done the the whole like eighteen thousand Adirondack peaks with their pipes but they need to yeah. try to sound a little better when they do it most of them. <laughs> okay all right well here comes beth's uh breakdown i thought you did really good this week beth though on the bagpipe as mentioned not as good as in weeks past right little tuning issue there not as as good as usual don't take that too badly like that that happens to us sometimes so no worries 
Um, and I heard a, a more a, a larger blowing change there into the um, fourth part. You sat back on the pressure compared to what you did in the third. Now, I thought pressure was pretty good in the third. Tonal quality, pretty good. So took a little bit of a break on the blowing side of things into that fourth part. That's sort of what I was hearing there. So careful for that. Try to, try to be as uh, steady and consistent there as possible. Um, ASAPs maybe a little on the big side there, right? It'd be fun to, to just make them a little bit smaller um, and a little bit more consistent. That'll keep you going here. Um, let's see. A uh, couple of small sink errors on one or two of the C doublings. Uh, a few catches in the scale navigation. I thought rhythmically you were really good. Um, and embellishment quality as a whole, really good. So now, uh, that's a, a good score for you. Beth, keep up the good work. Um, and, and don't let, the, don't let your, your hands down there. Uh, keep, keep fighting. And yeah, you say you're going to go through the four questions again today. Excellent choice. Excellent uh, thing to address. Make sure that everything is good there. So it's um, the good work, Beth. This is like a question partially for me, but this time of year, has anybody uh, experienced one or more tires in their car losing a bunch of air suddenly? Does anybody else get that? I get that almost every year around this time. Uh, but it's related to why the bagpipes start to really be a struggle this time of year. Like something in the something in the air kind of snaps and changes. I'm sure there's a meteorological scientific thing that's happening, but maybe the fronts that are coming through have a lot drier, colder air or something like that. Uh, but uh, it's the same thing. It's this is the time of year. It's going to be a struggle to get the pipes going. And uh, it looks like I had a bit of an internet hiccup there for a minute. Am I back? Should, yeah, you should be good now. We, we heard most of everything, so you're good. Don't worry. Yeah, I had a bit of an internet hiccup, but I think I'm back. I dropped a few frames and stuff. But uh, I think we're back up and running. Okay, good. Uh, are we good? We're good. Keep going. No need to repeat. So anyway, yeah. weather, yeah. the weather. So you're up on Andra next. <clears throat> Some people are really concerned with like me not talking. My wife is the most like that. There's still a delay. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, well. I might be able to close out of Adobe You're Connect and come back. You ready for Andra? Uh, I'm not going to continue the show with a nasty delay. So let me close out of this and come back. We need some, like, uh, we need some just webcam of me. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm restarting my Adobe Connect app here. Uh, I'm going to try to make this as seamless as possible. It just takes a couple seconds. Sorry about that. I had some sort of internet moment there. Hopefully, it will resolve itself when I just reboot the software. I think Facebook Live is still going okay over there. Yeah, it seems all right. 
Any luck, Andrew? Okay, Carl, I'm talking. How long does it take you to hear me? I mean, it sounds pretty good to me now. Okay, good. The delay. Good, I feel, I feel good about it. Okay. Um, classic Flash-related software. If you have an internet hiccup, it can kind of like just throw the whole thing off. Yeah. Okay, I am on. I'm, I'm on. I'm doing Andra. Exactly. Let me know when you are ready. I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. All right, here we go. Andra, other than the big crossing eyes there in the second part, Ooh, that was uh, a big sorry, one. fourth part, um, that one was uh, a little large. It's interesting. Don't be discouraged here, Andra, because I know the last couple of recordings have had some big catches in there. This is one of those moments where maybe you're just plateauing a little bit, working on other things. You're going to get that crossed, uh, you know, crossed out. It's going to be fine. Um, you know, Just keep working away with it, but don't be discouraged. And you will you know, eliminate those here again very soon. It's just a temporary thing while we're focused on other things. Um, focused on steady pressure on this one. Unfortunately, I don't think that came through exactly in the recording. You might have been a little over-focused on it. So for me, in, that sec in the third part there, the first, uh, first thing we listened to, every high A you're getting to, there was maybe a conscious surge and pressure. So not everything came up, but you're you're hitting maybe the high A and going for it a little bit more. We've got to bring everything on the channel, bring that entire pressure up consistently there to that high A. When we got to the, the fourth part, I didn't hear a huge dip in pressure, but definitely a little bit there. Think a bit about when you, like maybe just replay this tune a little bit today and record it and listen through yourself. When you get to those high A's, don't make a big deal out of them. It's like any other note. Um, and maybe maybe see if you're blowing intentionally uh, each time you get to a high A, if you're maybe doing something with your physical blowing that's become linked with your playing, with what you're doing with your fingers. See if just blowing through it and ignoring what note you're on might fix that. So, um, yeah, for me, go for, go for that higher pressure a little bit, but... but don't worry if it's high A or low A or, or G, whatever. Just just go for it. So, um, yeah, maybe a little too much attention there. So, um, <clears throat> to, uh, Andrew, I feel like I feel like you can uh, you can handle this. So I, I feel like I was definitely heavy-handed here. Uh, definitely. <laughs> scale navigation. There were some pretty. Big issues. <laughs> I think maybe I should have checked my work. Maybe 2.5. Uh, 
right? But there's definitely still scale navigation issues happening here. Uh, rhythmic accuracy coming along, great note quality coming along, embellishment quality coming along. That big, humongous, giant crossing noise, though. I, maybe I was just trying to punish you for that. Uh, but look, the the thing about this, and I, I'm going to say this the way I'm going to say it, because I know you can take it, and I know you're an all-star. But the tonal quality is bad. And it's letting your performance down in a big way. Ignore the scale navigation score. It should be a little higher than that, right? But you're, you are so wildly overblowing when you get to the left-hand notes that your, your drones are being sent out of tune. So they start off sounding great, and then the first note of the third part's a high A, and you're blowing so hard that um, the drones are being sent way out of tune. We're hearing squeaks all over in the chanter. And then we get to different notes and you're blowing differently. Like, like dig deep into this, Andra. Solve this problem. The problem is you're changing the way that you're blowing depending on what's happening in the music. So, so try to separate those two parts of your brain and make it so the, the tonal production is autonomous throughout the performance, regardless of what your fingers are doing. That's the secret sauce. Right? When people say blow tone, that's what they mean. They mean uh, blow at the sweet spot of the re at the reed, of course. But regardless of what your fingers are doing, keep it the same. Keep it sweet no matter what. We don't want to go way over. We don't want to go way under. We just want to be smooth. And I know you can do it. I've heard you uh, sound really great on easy tunes. That needs to continue even though the fingers are working hard. We need to continue to get that smooth. So, so anyway, I was mean because I know you can take it. I was, I, I was direct. I wasn't mean. I just told the whole truth, nothing but the truth there, which is that the, that the tonal quality was, is like a huge problem there, right? A big crossing noise, uh, probably, you know, we can work on that and we can fix that. But... Uh, Ooh, really harsh in the scoring. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Your teammates will your teammates will come give you warm hugs. Uh, my job is is to speak the truth. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, no problem. I'll score you next week. You just have to somehow manage to be, let's see, uh, even number of submissions. So second or fourth or sixth upload <laughs> well <laughs> let's um in my defense right so the tonal quality score is not harsh okay the tonal quality score is is uh, probably right on the money right we heard a lot of squeaks and squawks guys squeaks and squawks is a tonal quality issue that's pretty severe Right, and then we had big audible blowing changes on the high hand notes, so tonal quality score is probably right on the money. Uh, the it's other also a little proportional to the potential there, Andrew. Right, you have that really high potential to have a really great score there. Just keep working on that. Let's see what the rubric says. Let's let's see what the rubric says. Rubric says. Two would be dissatisfactory, major imperfections in timbral quality and blowing steadiness distract significantly from overall musicality. That's a two. And a one is 
Poor tone. Overbearing imperfections in timbral quality or blowing steadiness overbearingly distracts from overall musicality. What did I give her? Halfway in between a one and a two. Right on the mark, according to our rubric. You could maybe justify a two. Maybe. But there's always going to be that margin for it. Wow. Don't despair, Andrew. Don't you despair. You will get out of this and you'll, you'll start getting... Andrew and, I are, Andrew and I are buds. We share a kinship. And like, you know, the truth hurts for sure. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> I wouldn't say stuff like that to, to Roberta because she's so sensitive. Let's, let's not call names. <laughs> All right. I'm cutting you off, Andrew. We're going on to Jennifer here who is up next with parts three and four, and I'm scoring this one. So here we go. You plus, if I, plus if I talked bad to Roberta, she'd probably slander me on Facebook. And I, I don't want her to get banned again. Okay, here we go. So, Jen, whose pipes did you use for this? <laughs> no, seriously. So the, the tuning and tonal quality seems like a, a quantum leap there. Really, really nice. Yeah, drones were, drones were a lot. How many drones were going? Two or three? Seven drones. Wow. Pretty good. Really good, right? Like the, uh, maybe, maybe you cheated and only had two drones going, but, uh, use the manometer to calibrate. Very interesting. Maybe that's a bit of a breakthrough that you needed, but the pipe sounded great. Um, the blowing's not perfect yet, but it was nice. It reminded me a lot of Roger's performance earlier today where the bagpipe quality was just solid and it made me really want to give you the benefit of the doubt, you know, in, in any finger work things that may have been happening. Uh, <clears throat> you're edging ahead of the beat overall, right? So you're not locked into the metronome, certainly not as well as I've heard you before. It's, it's not far off. It's very close, but... Um, but I think, you know, that would probably be my biggest feedback. But the technique sounded great. The grace note quality sounded like right on the money. So, so like, there you go, Jen. This is, the new, this is the new bar for you to continue to try to reach, right? With that said, you know, usually when you have a breakthrough, just also remember that, you know, you might, you might not be there consistently yet. So if you get your pipes out tomorrow and you can't get them in tune, just keep going at it. 
It's like my daughter Hannah, she did the Little Mermaid puzzle by herself yesterday, the first time she tried, but then the next two times she tried, she couldn't get it, and she got like super mad and like freaked out. Uh, so like, but it's cool that she can do the puzzle, but now, you know, you can expect setbacks and stuff too, uh, but just keep working at it. Now you know it's possible, and I think, you know, I think that'll become the new you before you know it. So real nice. Yeah, Jennifer, great. I mean, the, the, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it reminded me of Roger's performance earlier in, in the same way, just solid bagpipe. Ooh, I want to listen to this. Really, really nice. Exactly. Uh, a little big crossing noise right at the beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that brought down the scale nav just a little bit there. Um, you know, it was one. It's one off that happens occasionally. Don't panic there. Um, rhythmic accuracy, uh, as we said, a little bit ahead overall, but you know, no big deal there. Keep working on it, play a little bit more confidently, and you know, that will move around as our focus shifts a little bit there. Yeah. But that was right. We did hear those yeah. squeaks on the low A there. Um, yeah, and, and, and the squeaks on those G grace notes. So it could be a size issue. My guess is it might be a little bit of the reed issue. Yeah. Reed being dry. And that reed may not be, um, suited to the new awesome uh, uh, pressure that you're putting through it. You might need a slightly harder read. Um, might not have been broken in at that. How much tape you got on high G? Giving it a little trouble there. So, but that, that's such a minor thing, and that, that doesn't detract that much on, um, you know, on an overall performance. It's a few tiny chirps like that. Big, big deal. Embellishments, I thought were good. Dot cut consistency, a little on the round side there. You could go for a little bit more um uh short a little shorter short notes there but yeah let's just not forget that that is a really fantastic sounding bagpipe and a great improvement for you there um toning and uh toning sorry tuning and tonal tonally so nice job there jennifer really really solid really good. performance congratulations on big improvement yeah really really cool uh Yes, can we explain, Andrew, what, can you explain briefly what calibrating with a monometer means? Yes, I can. And it's a really clever thing, and it's not for everyone necessarily, but it can be a really cool thing. So uh, you might be able to see behind me over there, there's like my little manometer. It's a big tube. It's a big tube. It's got, I've got blue liquid in it so I can see it. But basically, you can hook it up to your pipes to get a, a reading on the pressure inside your pipes. Right? And usually what we use a manometer for is to uh, develop our steady blowing and tonal quality abilities. Uh, and, and we use that in a variety of ways. And I won't talk too much about that right now, but, uh, but that's usually what we use it for. But one of the things you can do is you can say, okay, where's the sweet spot on my chanter read? Okay, and we can mark it off on the manometer. We have ways of figuring out what that sweet spot is and marking it. Then what you can do is you can, then, then you can blow, let's say, an inch or two above the sweet spot, let's say. Uh, the steadier you are, the less it could be. So if I'm super steady, I could mark an inch above the sweet spot. If you're less of a steady blower, you can mark two inches above the sweet spot. But then what you can do is you can increase the blowing up to that spot and make sure that each drone read 
shuts off at exactly that point on the manometer. Okay, uh, so that means that that means that your drone reads are officially one hundred percent calibrated the same because they all shut off on the same mark, but also that they're calibrated uh, like perfectly with respect to where you want to be blowing on your chanter read. Right? It just takes all it takes all doubt out of the equation that your your drone reads are set the same. So especially like Jenna is having a lot of trouble keeping her drones locked in. But then when, when she did take the time, because it takes time, that's the problem. That's why this isn't for everyone. This would take time and patience to set up and you gotta be careful about it. And it's, you know, it could take you maybe half an hour to an hour to do, uh, to do really well, especially, you know, if you gotta do the four questions of maintenance and stuff first. But, uh, but what that did is it really gave Jen like official, word and then sure enough how steady were jen's drones today after having done that right yeah. they're immediately better uh, i remember a year or two ago beth had the same problem like no matter what she wasn't able to get her drones in tune and her pipes felt really hard and and we went through the four questions and she's like i did it i did it i did it and then i was like okay well something in the four questions must be wrong and sure enough it was the calibration Right, uh, the calibration can be a lot tighter to the sweet spot of the chanter than you think, um, and you need to experiment with that. And the manometer can be a cool tool to do that. Remember, calibration can be as simple as just sticking the drone read in your mouth and blowing on it and making sure it shuts off. Yeah, right, you that's could the simplest form and the quickest. Yeah, and and like should do that at the very least. I see guys like Glenn Brown do that. Like Glenn Brown isn't hooking his pipes up to a manometer to calibrate his drones. He's he's using really simple methods and a lot of trial and error and making adjustments as he needs to. Um, it doesn't need to be that fancy, but it can be, especially if that's what helps you get to that point. Um, it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's the same thing with metronomes. You know, a lot of pipers don't ever use a metronome, but it can be a very useful tool especially for us because we're learning over the internet. We can't sit down next to each other and just jam out and give direct instant feedback. So th that makes the manometer super useful tool. It's not a solution, it's a tool. Okay, that's my spiel. Next recording, Twenty right. T minus 28 minutes. How are we doing? Are we gonna be good? We have two more. Two more, sweet. This one and one more, yeah. So, um, you have Hart up next. Let me just fill out my um, thing really quick. In the meantime, just as an interesting little note, I was working with somebody this week, um, and they had some yellow drone reeds um, that, uh, well, they were balanced tones. And um, I had a real trouble getting those calibrated in the same way as other drone reeds. Um, you could end up closing them really, really far, and they'd still function, but they sounded uh, really, really weird. Yeah. Um, and so they added, ended up having to be more open. You had to move the bridle a little bit to open the reed, but it didn't actually change the pressure. Yeah. So there's a couple of unique design functions of those reeds, and, and there's a few others out there that are similar to that that take a little bit more expertise to get um, 
properly kept. Yeah, and they can take a lot more trial and error. Like the Omegas come to mind as well. Like there are yeah. some synthetic reads out there that are like that have added layers of complexity. And and look, folks, I think there's probably a lot of merit to those products. And I'm sure it's possible to get a good sound out of those. But I'm, you know, keep it simple. Like Easy Drones, they're not paying me to say this, but Easy Drones have a super simple design. They're very consistently manufactured and they happen to produce a great tone. Um, so I really love Easy's for teaching, for beginners and intermediates because they're a simple design. It's like you move the bridle and the tongue opens and closes. Uh, I like I like Canard reeds. I like Canards. I like some people have like the old rockets. I like the cannings. Uh, those are the ones I'm most familiar with. I'm sure there are others, but then there's like the ones with all the screws and like the nose and the the nose coming in and out and like all the different like weird things like the tone dampeners and the and the torque modifiers and stuff. Like I really advise you to just put those on the shelf for a year or two and go simple and master the art of the simple stuff before, you know, and then you'll revisit these products and you, you might be able to really get something special out of them, but it's not for someone who doesn't have a strong comfort zone with, with the simple drone read design. I a hundred percent agree with you, Carl. Um, it just takes a little bit. It, it's, it's added complexity and um, yeah. Learn how to make a really simple read work really well before going there. Otherwise, it can just introduce too many frustrations into it. But, uh, the bagpipe, anyway, like, um, in its simplest state, the bagpipe has a crazy number of variables, right? Like, you may, you may have seen our, our video about the 13 steps of great bagpipe sound, right? Is my bag airtight? Are my joints airtight? Are my reed seats airtight? Am I calibrated? Am I at the sweet spot of my chance read? Am I blowing physically steady? Are there mental blowing anomalies? Have my bagpipes acclimatized? Is my chanter read balanced? I'm going pretty quick. This is impressive. Uh, is one tenor drone in tune with the low A? Are the other drones in tune with the first drone? Have I retuned my drones because of pitch changes in the chanter? Is my chanter read, are the chanter intervals fine-tuned with the drones? That's a lot of variables, and that's the bagpipe in its simplest state, right? Yeah. I, we haven't even introduced canisters or like moisture control systems or, um, or like zippers or tone enhancers or grommets or whatever. Like we haven't introduced any of that yet, and those we still have that much to worry about, right? And then the finger work, right? In the finger work, there's three different types of crossing noises. There's like rhythmic accuracy. There's grace note size and sync. There's embellishment, accurate evenness on the beatness, ASAPness. Then we have like ALAP, ASAP, you know, is the dotted note long enough? Is the short note short enough? And then is the short note from the ALAP, ASAP fused into the embellishment? Like then we have to loop back and like talk about the relationship of expression uh, to embellishments. Uh, and we're not even talking about strong, weak, medium, weak yet. Right? I, I think I'm going to stop and start playing keyboard. Yeah, well, there's definitely no <laughs> so fundamental. On the note, it's electronic. <laughs> it gives you the right note. There's definitely no, there's no difficult aspects. But that's one of the reasons the bagpipe's so difficult. It's even in its simplest form, there's a lot of variables. By the way, that's called life as well. 
I think everything in life is like that. So it's part of what makes the bagpipe such a worthwhile pursuit. But there's all those variables and we haven't... Amazing sound. We haven't even introduced any of the subjective stuff yet, right? Like, you know, play with more flow, play with more light and shade, strong weak, medium weak. Uh, and by the way, like that stuff is all important, but that, but that multiplies the complexity of what we're trying to do. It doesn't make it simpler. So, so master the simple stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you don't even have to tie in flamethrowers to your drones. Like you don't have to do that to make piping more interesting. You need to go a mile deep on these fundamental things. Um, you know, don't, don't, sound like crap because you uh you're worried about when you're gonna blow the fireworks out of your bass drone you know let the fireworks be the sound yeah all right here we go andrew you ready for heart if the if the if the flamethrower piper dude is out there i'd like you to submit one of these weeks i'd like you to submit a recording you don't even have to be a member submit a recording i want to do a uh a rubric eval. See if there are any fundamental things we could point out that could be improved. All right, here we go. You do that and I will attempt to ride my bagpipes on a unicycle. That's my, that's my offering. I would love to see. Not half bad. All right, here we go, Andrew. Oh, I'm doing this one, okay. So yeah, really nice bagpipe there, um, well tuned. Not a whole lot to say about that. Um, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, that was good, enjoyable. A um, couple of small catches, specifically at the end of the line, with the G grace note to F, and then the strike on F have a little funky bit happening in there. Um, so uh, I, I suppose that would probably be a grace note sync. Error, That's right. More than anything else, but then maybe also that E finger is making it down once on another strike. So uh, watch for the clarity right there. That G grace note to F specifically, and then the strike to F, making sure it's only your F finger there. Um, other than that, I thought scale nav was pretty good. A few little catches here or there, little stuff. Um, and yeah, rhythmically. Just a little searching for me. Um, it was it was a good improvement in your working state right on that metronome, but it was a little bit approximative. What I like about that, however, is you weren't consistently ahead or behind. Um, you were working to find that. So uh, keep working towards that. That will continue to improve. 
um, as you, you're, you're seeking that, you're hunting that beat, um, you'll be more and more accurate more often. So uh, good job on that and keep working towards that. Cool. I'm done, by the way. All right. On you go. I still, have, I still never proofread these, so hopefully there's nothing heinous in there. But um, I want to go through this quickly because I have a thought and I don't want to lose a thought. Okay, scale navigation, pretty good. You might be tempted to say there's some crossing noises in there, but they actually weren't. They were grace note sync problems. We talked last week, I think, about the difference between the two. Rhythmic accuracy, some spots were giving, um, some spots where giving more value to the dotted note would help you not jump out ahead of the beat. So overall, you're really well to the beat, and then there were just spots where you ended up ahead. Uh, because you, you need to look at the preceding rhythm and make sure you're giving full value to those big melody notes. Uh, single grace note quality, pretty good. Audible sync error, like, like I really like the quality of the grace notes. They're very crispy and smooth, so the size aspect is very good. The, where the negative value came in is in the sync. So sometimes you're playing grace notes and the note change is happening at a slightly different time. So we hear an extra sound because we're articulating the wrong spot in the music, basically. Embellishment quality, see the synchronization problems. So some of the C doublings and stuff, we had issues, dot cut stuff. I liked, but the rhythmic issues are detracting from the dot cut issues, right? Uh, ALAP ASAP is a modification of basic rhythm. So if your basic rhythm isn't great, then your ALAP ASAP cannot be great either. It's like a prerequisite. Tonal quality, squeaky grace notes, searching on the blowing, maybe dropping in the tone a little bit, going from the high hand to the low hand. Uh, tuning was excellent. So back to the tonal quality, folks, okay? So this is pretty common what's happening. So heart is up on the top hand, and, and I can hear it. I can hear the tone dropping suddenly as you go from the high hand to the low hand notes. Now, what do you think might be the cause of that. Well, it could be that you're nervous about a squeak happening from the high hand to the bottom hand. So you've sort of taught yourself, probably more subconsciously than anything, you've taught yourself to like, whoop, back off when you go from high to low. That's kind of a common sense thing, but it, it ruins the, the smoothness of the overall tone to do that. So what we need to do is, just like we were talking about before with Andra and others, we need to learn to completely set aside what our fingers are doing. And we need to blow perfectly steady at the sweet spot of the chanter read at all times and try to avoid mental blowing anomalies like this. Now, in this case, the mental anomaly comes from something perfectly reasonable. But we need to develop that control and we need to know where we're blowing so that anytime we change from any note to any other note, Anytime anything is happening on the chanter, we know the tone is solid exactly where we need to be and no negative things will happen as a result of keeping that tone steady. Just food for thought. Knowledge bomb. <laughs> nice job there, Hart, though. Now, what was your thought, Andrew? That was it. Ah. That was my thought. Mental blowing anomalies. Um, really good performance, Hart. Real nice. Yeah, keep up the good work. All right, Andrew, we got one more. So let's, let's do it. push through and listen to Linden here. 
Here we go. Okay, that was a, actually an okay performance, but it had one fatal flaw. What was it? Tuning. Right, the fatal flaw was, and it wasn't even the tuning necessarily. We could be more specific and we could say the bass drone was way out of tune with the tenors. So right off the bat, that, that puts us a little, it, it, it sort of makes us a little bit unsettled and it makes it really difficult to focus on your finger work, which is too bad because I thought your finger work was really pretty nice. Like we had some mistakes in the second part, but I really appreciate how musical you kept it, despite the fact that you hit a couple wrong notes and stuff. Like we had the rhythm and the groove stayed solid. It felt expressive, like you're understanding what you're trying to do with the dot cuts. Technique was pretty good, but it's so hard to get by that uh, drone tuning issue. So Lyndon, I see you there, so hopefully you're able to hear this. Like, um, focus on getting that tuning sorted out. Um, get the tuning sorted out. Get get those drones as as a set of three drones locked in together. Uh, one of the things that you could do is, you know, uh, start with just two drones until you feel really comfortable with the bass, and then add in the third drone. Um, totally legal, uh, absolutely, and just get the tuning because uh, I really feel like, to me, that, that would ratchet up the overall impression of this performance by a huge degree. Um, really nice job, good playing. Uh, Carl, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Here's the official st story. It's funny. It's funny, Roberta. I was gonna crack that joke, but I really, I wanna, I wanna, I don't wanna tarnish Jen's win. You know. <laughs> um, I, I didn't hear the joke. So, anyway, um, Linden, nice, nice job here. Keep up, keep working on this. But yeah, as we said, the tuning issue would be a huge improvement, um, and that will probably have a, a effect on all of the other scores as well. Um, scale nav I thought was pretty good there, but quite a few little wrong notes uh, in that second part. But you kept going, right? That's, that's, that's one of the key points of this. As we're doing this as sort of a mock performance, keep it going. And so you did a great job of that staying on there, not losing the beat while doing that. So I thought it was nice. Um, single grace note quality uh, was pretty good, but some of the grace notes definitely on the small side, missing a couple of them and completely. So I wonder if maybe your hands were very, very, very tight there. Keep that relaxed. 
play, um, you know, make sure that your fingers are not too tight so that those G grace notes come out clearly. Um, but you had a good flow here. Deck consistency was pretty good. Uh, and then, yeah, moving around on that pressure a bit in terms of tonal quality. So, um, yeah, that'll, that'll also be a lot easier to hear uh, when we get those drones locked in tune. So, uh, there you go. Nice job. Keep up the good work there, though. Really, really, really positive. This tune is easier than Artisan Castle, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel like this tune is doing a good job of bringing the best out of our people. Arneson Castle was like, that's what we do, did to break you down. And Brown Haired Maid is what we're doing to build you back up. Speaking of uh, breaking you down, uh, I think next week we're, learning, uh, we're looking at a tune called Calumbique. Am I wrong? You have the calendar? Six, eight weeks next week oh that's right it's uh port Askeg next week yeah, yeah port never mind i digress uh that, so the hornpipe will be in a couple weeks um yeah. so uh leaving port Askeg next week so this one is maybe halfway I, I think i think we'll get some good performances and we'll get some uh performances that that have a hard time there's a lot of tackums and cut dots and stuff uh for next week so um Hey. Compound time. So we might see some some rhythmic accuracy issues. I mean, um, that can be a little bit more challenging, but uh, uh, yeah, should be should be exciting. I feel like things are coming along. I feel like this is a good thing that we're doing. Yeah. You know, it can be refined. We can polish it. I can be a little nicer sometimes. I'll admit it. Is it, is it with a C or a K, Andrew? Hey. SK. S keg. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. S K I G. Oh God, Roberta's getting crazy. Roberta. It's okay. Made a little spelling mistake there. <laughs> I think she just presses the K and holds it down. Yeah, that's, that's the shift K, like. Yeah. <laughs> that's you got to be careful with the letter K though. It's like one of those. It's like one of those trigger letters. Know what I mean? It's the kind of thing that'll get you kicked off Facebook. I'm never gonna let her live that down. I'm glad she's back on though, because she's a spirited member of a lot of our Facebook groups. Um, so yeah, folks, if you're out there, uh, we want you on our team. We want you on Team Dojo. You know, uh, so join up. Uh, if you can't afford thirty dollars a month, email you. We will give you a special good buddy rate of $29 a month. Uh, if that's what it takes to, uh, if that's what it takes to get you on our team, we'll sacrifice, get you into the twenties for the monthly price, get you down to 29 bucks. Uh, $30 a month is to, uh, you know, it seems like a lot, but it's not. You get amazing opportunities to improve and to learn on a daily basis from many of the world's best instructors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we won't talk about, won't talk about whether or not Carl and I should be on that list, but Carl should definitely be on that list. Uh, and then, you know, we're not getting, we're not necessarily getting rich off your 30 bucks a month, but it's what allows me and Carl and our other staff members to focus on helping you guys get better. So we'd love to have you. Since we've used this one, but, 
$30 a month is less than most one hour lessons. That's right. Private lessons. Right. And uh, you, you get the chance to get individual feedback. You get the chance to check out an enormous and ever expanding uh, archive of, um, of, of knowledge. I mean, there's, there's tunes in there, there's technique development stuff in there, there's all kinds of great stuff. Um, and yeah, you get the, the chance to get on and really work on improving your piping on a daily, daily basis. Um, and you will see results definitively, both in your in hearing what you play and also numerically if you participate in these wonderful uh, weekly recordings. So awesome. That's that should that should be enough there to, to get you to sign up because it really should be uh, fun and and you'll, you'll have a blast doing it, I promise. Definitely. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun to get out there and do this every week. I wasn't planning on doing a sales pitch, but I feel like that went well. <laughs> um, there you go. You know, what that, you know what that sound means? That means it's about time to wrap up. It means we're getting close. That's the five-minute warning, but we can, we can just end now. Um, great job today, everybody. And um, sometimes you'll have a win. Sometimes you'll have a loss. What makes a great piper is their ability to get physically and mentally shellacked by some freaking know-it-all uh, and to pick up the pipes and keep going the next day you know <laughs> i think uh, andrew's video is right above that. yeah today today <laughs> today it's me someday it'll be some cranky old judge maybe if you get maybe if you get good and confident you'll go to scotland and you'll let the scottish folks tell you your crap a whole bunch of times but every now and then you get a big win and uh, it's going to feel great because of all the hard work that you put in. So congrats. We'll see you in and around Dojo U. See you later. Tara? See ya. Been special. Nice job, everybody.